Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitaki, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 50. We've officially done uh, 50 weeks of this, and uh, I, I want to thank you guys for tuning in and joining us uh, every single week. I'm hoping that you're tuning in every single week, but if you're just popping in and popping out, uh, we appreciate that too. Um, we are... Uh, actually live today and that's why the acoustic sounds a little bit different we're at 36 degrees north and uh, I want to talk about that a little bit in the podcast because I'm starting to learn a little bit about this space and and the uh, idea behind it and what they're trying to accomplish for entrepreneurship and young professionals here in the Tulsa area I hope that uh, if you're listening outside of the area that there's a there's a place like this for you because uh, whenever you're trying to develop something or, or, or create an incubator of, of new ideas and new thoughts, this is a fantastic space from what I've seen so far from that. So I'm really excited to dive into that a little bit. Uh, but I want to introduce uh, my guest today, Jessica Kinsey. Jessica is an entrepreneur and strategist who thinks differently about pro- problem solving. She's the founder and CEO of Prodigy & Company, a strategic consulting group that finds ways to help businesses and startups break through the status quo and increase their impact. She's the co-founder of Launchpad Labs, an educational startup that envisions a world where every student has the skills they need to successfully take on the next steps in life and develop soft skills curriculum to bring those skills into the classroom. Most recently, she created Prodigy Collective, a team of eight specialized entrepreneurs who empower founders to rise above their business challenges. Her energy and inspiration comes from using creative problem solving and innovative approaches to help others develop a strategy that will allow them to realize their potential. Jessica, welcome to the podcast and uh, say hello to the audience. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm so excited to be here and talk to you today and share hopefully some nuggets of wisdom with your audience. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, let's start off a little bit talking about 36 Degrees North, if you don't mind, because uh, you're kind of a resident here. I am. And I just got the tour and really enjoyed kind of seeing this space. I've heard about it, but I don't know that I fully understood it. So how would you kind of summarize what what this place is? So the their official tagline is the base camp for entrepreneurs. And I think that's a that that pretty well encompasses it in terms of it's a place where entrepreneurs, freelancers, people who are starting businesses, we have people who are starting nonprofits, mm-hmm. basically anybody who's trying to create or build something new um, can it's a co-working space so they can work here. There are tons of classes and workshops so you can really come and learn about you know, there's lots of things that go into building companies and businesses and nonprofits. There's a lot to learn. <laughs> well, you um, don't just get a 501c3 call <laughs> a day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> LLC, you're good. Don't yeah. worry about it. Um, so, so lots of learning opportunities. Um, the actual workspace is really great. Um, there's d- a couple of different price points and different um, things that you can get based on kind of what you need anywhere from co-working where you sort of come and go and plop down wherever there's space to a dedicated desk 
to office space for small companies yeah. who kind of want to shut the door and work in teams, tons of conference rooms, um, like I said, lots of cool events, ways to connect and support each other, which I think is really great. Again, you know, starting something, creating something can be very hard sometimes. And if you work at home, it can be hard to have something, have people to sort of share some of those struggles with and understand what you're going through. And mm -hmm. sometimes just, you know, hey, let's go grab lunch and talk about this thing. You know, you don't, you don't really have access to that. Here you're surrounded by people all the time who are doing very similar things as, as to what you're doing, trying to do something similar. I think the last I heard, they had around 300 members wow. currently. And that, you know, there's not 300 people in the space today, obviously. People come and go, and, and some of them are coworkers, so they're not here every day. So it just kind of depends. That's awesome. Well, you brought up uh, kind of sharing the struggles and, and just kind of going through life together and that kind of stuff. I, I think that's important in your personal life, but also in your business life too, to, to have those people that have uh, that expertise, that have gone through maybe some of the things uh, that uh, you're going through, and they can help you relate with that. Uh, we've talked a lot about empathy and, and trying to you know help everybody else on the journey. And uh, that's one of the reasons that we have this podcast is this podcast is our opportunity for us to share not only our high points, but also some of those low points where we've started out in business or we, we, we had these certain situations that came up. And ultimately, when you're out there by yourself, it can be very lonely, especially at the top. It gets very, very lonely. So it's nice to have a community like this that can kind of share uh, that information uh, and really encourage you along the way. I think when I think of uh, this place and I think of just developing uh, entrepreneurship and, and being an incubator for those kinds of things, uh, that's a big part of it. And so I appreciate you taking the time to kind of share your journey on this because you've kind of gone through the entrepreneurial world yeah. and uh, I'm sure you got all sorts of stories of, of uh, <laughs> yeah, some Yeah, I can talk, talk all day about that. <laughs> try, to, try to pick out some good, some good stories for you today. There you go. Well, uh, one thing I did want to kind of tune in a, a little bit on was the name that you have for your company, Prodigy and Company. Mm -hmm. That's a very intentional word. I know yeah. that whenever you talked about you create a lot of content or you're writing copy or doing that kind of stuff, uh, I'm, if you're like me, when, we're, when you're creating all that stuff, you're looking for a specific phrase, you're looking for a specific word to kind of describe or pull emotion or just something uh, in that copy to pull that person in right and you pulled me in with prodigy and company because that's a very bold word and so I, I looked it up before I came here and it, 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 the first thing that it said was young uh, and then the second said with with exceptional qualities yeah and so why did you choose prodigy and companies to describe your strategic consulting group so the idea behind that is the people that I love to work with the most mm -hmm. the people that I want to help the most are the passionate entrepreneurs who are just so, so good at what they do. Whether that's a construction company, a yoga teacher, a bridal boutique, a coffee shop, they excel at that. Uh -huh. they, that is their specialty, that is their, you know, their life. That's what they want to do. And they care about bringing that to other people in a really, really high quality way. Mm -hmm. um, they care about the work that they're producing at the end of the day. They care about the yoga, you know, their yoga students or their training yoga teachers or the, even the coffee that they produce. You know, they care about it. And so this idea that 
a lot of times those people don't have business backgrounds. Right. They didn't. They didn't go get a business degree. They didn't get an MBA. They they went to school to learn that craft, to learn that specialty. And as we mentioned, entrepreneurship and running a business can be really hard. And there's a lot of things that go into it. And so I want to be the person that can go in to those kinds of companies and work with those kinds of experts and specialists and say, let me help you build and grow the business that you want. Mm -hmm. what, do you, what do you want it to be in three years and five years and 10 years? And how can I help you put a plan in place to get there? So this idea, so that typically they are younger companies. They haven't been around for a long time. Although one of the construction companies that I worked with, they've been around for 40 years. Yeah. But they're working on word of mouth. They're, they're doing great, but they want to start to step it up, grow, do some more things. So there's still even kind of a youngness in what they're doing with their business, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, the, those are prodigies. I mean, t typically when people think of the word, they think of a you know a young kid who's you know five years old has mastered the piano or yeah. you know golf or tennis. They karate for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same thing, right? They 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 have this passion and this skill, and they have the potential to do great things. But mm -hmm. a lot of times you need help and mentorship yeah. and and planning and strategy behind all of that. And so I want to be that person who comes in and says, I can help you get where you want to go. I can help you be who you want to be. I can help your company be what you want it to be. Absolutely. Well, you talked a little bit about being passionate about what you do. And, you know, and if you listen to this podcast, you know, we, we try to hone in on that a lot. It's finding what you're passionate about and finding the things that really drive you. But it also sounds like you're saying the passion is not enough. Oh no, <laughs> it is it is incredibly important. I think if you if you want if you want to do anything, I think it's important. But certainly, and I'm obviously biased as an entrepreneur and someone who works <laughs> with entrepreneurs. But I think if you want to create your own thing and make a living and make life out of a thing, mm -hmm. you have to be passionate about it because it's so hard. I'm probably going to say a thousand times how hard it is. <laughs> That's not to scare people off. It's to it's so that people understand what they're getting themselves into, right. right? So it can be very hard, it can be lonely. You can wake up and say, I have no clue what I'm doing. You know, there's a, there's a lot of reasons to stop along the journey. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not passionate about either the specific craft that you're doing or the people that you're serving, and sometimes those things overlap, um, sometimes you don't have any reason to keep going. Right. But money is not usually enough to keep going because you can go get a job down the street making twice as much as what you're making now <laughs> with less stress and less worry and you get more time off and you know all of those things. So passion is super, super important. But there's also a lot more that goes into it. You can't just be passionate about helping people and not know how you're gonna do it or how you're gonna earn money on it. I mean, the, the business model and the revenue generation side of things is huge. And I think it's one of my things, my favorite things to work with people on because they they want to do good things, but they're not always entirely sure how they can get paid yeah. doing it. And so there's a lot of stuff that goes into it if you wanna be you know, really successful. And I think, step back for a second and say that I think everybody should define their own version of success. Mm -hmm. When I say that, I don't necessarily mean, you know, you're a millionaire or you're the, you know, rising up the ranks in some company or I think that's whatever it means for you. But if you don't want to struggle, if you don't want to be stressed, if you don't want to be worried about how you're going to pay your bills, if you don't want to be, you know, dealing with that, you have to have a plan. There has to be some, you know, backbone behind that passion that can hold it up and make it a real thing in the world. That's awesome. I, uh, 
I interviewed Ryan Eller. I don't know if you've heard it, met him before. With I know Paradox who he Show. is. Yeah. And so he was talking about, uh, I think kind of along the lines of what you're talking about is that there's, there's the wow guys and then there's the how guys. So the wow guys are the entrepreneurs, the guys that have the vision, the creative types. They're just like, we're going to go, we're going to conquer this mountain. We're going to go do this. We have this product and it does amazing things and it's absolutely fantastic. And everyone's like, yeah, I want to buy that. That sounds great. Then you got the how guys, and I, I've traditionally been a how guy, and I'm, I'm going to assume that you're a how girl, where you kind of get in there like, okay, that's fantastic. How are we going to do this? this <laughs> right. Where's that structure? Where's that plan? Where's, where's, wh what's actually going to support this so that we can make it sustainable? Right. And I think that um, in business, especially in entrepreneurship, it's important to have both. You need to have that, the, the wow guy because that's the one that's going to sell it and you know, have cast that vision and drive the, the direction of where you're going to go. But you also need to have that how person to come in and create that plan and create that strategy so that you can achieve it and, and provide a consistent, reliable result for somebody. So Absolutely. from everything that we've talked about, it sounds like Prodigy and company and what you do, your specialty is, is the how side. So yeah. if you don't mind, let's get a little bit into strategy. I know you sure. talked a little bit about, you know, uh, vision and, and creating a building plan type GPS for your business. So what are some of the things that, you know, somebody's thinking about jumping out there and being an entrepreneur or somebody's thinking about uh, kind of taking what they're doing, even as a sidepreneur and, uh, and taking that to the next level. What's some basic strategy stuff that they should really start looking at? Let's give them a, a nice heavy dose of reality. <laughs> yeah. So I think the first thing is figuring out I sort of, I like to use the phrase, who you want to be when you grow up? Mm -hmm. What do you want your company to be when it grows up? I think it's your, your point about you have to have the vision and you have to have the strategy behind it. You, the vision is important. You have to know where you want to go. I like, I, and I think I used the GPS analogy with you when we talked yeah. before this. Um, but if you don't put a destination into your GPS, it can't do anything for you, yeah. right? So you have to know where you want to go. And I think sometimes... Especially, you know, the people that I talked about, the, they're experts at their craft and they just start doing it and they're great at it so they can make a little bit of money. Sometimes you say, where do you, where do you want to be in five years? And they're going, oh, I don't know. I mean, nobody's really asked me that or I haven't really thought about that. So that's one of the first things I always do. Some people come to me and they say, I want to be this in five years. Great. Let's, let's start planning. Some people say, oh, I want to, I want to grow this. I want to make it bigger. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. So that's always the first question is what, do you, what is your company going to be when it grows up? Sometimes that's figuring that out is looking at the other people in your industry. So do you want to be, if you're a construction company, do you want to be the next, you know, Manhattan or Flint Co? Do you want to be that big? Do you want, you know, let's, let's look around if you're not sure. Mm -hmm. And not to say that you're going to copy them or like offer all of their services. You're, you're going to be your own thing, but it's kind of an idea and a direction. Um, so I start people who aren't really sure with that. Like, look around your industry. Find the people that you respect, the people who are doing good work in your space, and say, I kind of want to be like that, or, or no, I don't really want to go that direction, whatever that might be. And then it's really looking at the steps. So then we get kind of into the, the GPS directional part of it. What are the steps you need to take to get there? And if you have a big, you know, five or ten year vision, you don't you know, swing for the fences immediately, you say, mm -hmm. what's the next step? So if I'm making, you know, if it's a revenue goal or a customer goal or, you know, whatever it is, okay, what do I need to do in the next six to 12 months? Mm -hmm. And if that's grow my client base, then let's start talking about how you can bring in additional clients. If that's expand your product or service line, then let's talk about what are your areas of expertise and where can you, you know, pivot or shift a little bit to bring in new things. 
Um, I do my undergrad is in finance, so a lot of times it's as simple as you know when do you have enough money to expand, mm-hmm. or for those people who have the side hustle, when when do you how much money do you need to be making in your side hustle before you can quit your job? Mm-hmm. So let's put some. I can I can do spreadsheets. I get I kind of geek out on <laughs> spreadsheets sometimes, but often it's not. You don't even have to get that detailed. It's you know how much money do you need to support yourself and your family? So how many products do you need to sell, how many services do you need to offer, clients do you need to work with, let's back in, you know, you back of the napkin it really, What's where does that need to be and what mm-hmm. does that need to look like before you can quit? Or you're doing your side hustle so you can send a kid to college or buy a lake house or, you know, so a lot of times I think people don't, again, they kind of go into it because they want to do it and they care about it and it's like, well, what are you trying to get out of it and how much do you if you're trying to support yourself, how much money do you need and what does that even look like? Mm-hmm. And not really, a lot of people don't really think that all the way through. Um, so that's another thing that sometimes can be very eye-opening for people is just, like like I said, how many clients or products or services do you need to sell to get where you're going to be? And what does that growth look like? So your expenses go up as your sales go up, mm-hmm. oftentimes. So the, you know, there's going to be some give and take there in terms of I need to sell 50 widgets but my costs also go up so technically I need to sell 55 yeah. um, so there's kind of that sort of financial planning piece that goes into the strategy as well and then I think because I'm creativity and innovation is a big part of my background and, and the idea of creative problem solving in the world and in business is super important to me I really like to take people and say so everybody always wants more clients Growth is about more than just more clients. You know, if you're trying to grow your bottom line, there's a number of different ways that you can do that, but that's the easy thing to talk about and that's the thing that people always want. And sometimes, from a creative perspective, so let's say you're a coffee shop and you're trying to get more people in the door, you're trying to sell more coffee or sell more, you know, pastries or whatever it is that you have there. I really like to take people and say, let's look at, uh, you know, a software company that's all online, they're in the cloud. How do they get clients? What are the kinds of things that they do to bring more people in their quote door, which Mm -hmm. is get them on their website? And some of the, you know, so there's email newsletters and there's social media advertising and you know, there's all kinds of stuff that goes into that. And then you say, well, can you translate any of that into what you're doing? And some of it's like, oh, it gets in an email newsletter. Sure, that's the same thing. But a lot of it is taking something that someone else is doing and adapting it to how your industry works. And I think that's what can be a really eye-opening exercise for people and to think about, you know, don't just do what every other coffee shop is doing. Don't just do what you've always done. If you want to get different results, you have to try new things. You have to be willing to experiment. And there are ways you can do it that are, you know, you plan it out so you're not like freaking your customers out. You, you can do things in an inexpensive way depending on how you want to try it. Mm-hmm. But you have to try new things if you want to get different results. And so whether that's looking at different industries and trying to bring it in, um, I, have, I do some creativity workshops as well, and so there's different activities and exercises, but those are things even I do with my clients. Say, how can we think about this differently? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's, again, you know, new revenue, or new clients, new products and services, let's think about this differently. One of the things I was thinking about when you're talking about kind of looking at what some of the other companies are doing is not necessarily copying it, but I, I like the term reverse engineering because there's a lot yeah. of things that they've they've done and a lot of times you can look at very successful companies and they have done studies and research and they've done all these different things to identify 
what is going to be the most effective message for them. And the beautiful thing about it is you as a consumer get to see the final product. Right. And so what you can do is you can actually take some of the elements they have, whether it be the colors, whether it be not necessarily the actual content, but the message of the content. What are, what are they trying to say? Uh, what are, where are they? Where do you see them? What, what's the different things that are going on? I had a, a buddy of mine who uh, he likes to invest in real estate. And so he would basically, anywhere a McDonald's would pop up, he'd start buying real estate around it. And uh, his whole strategy behind that was that McDonald's has done all the legwork to identify that whether or not that's going to be a good place to put a store. Right. So he said, if it's good enough for McDonald's, it's good <laughs> enough for me. And he was very successful kind of finding areas that were would grow ahead of time just based on watching what other companies were doing. Right. Um, another thing that I really liked about what you were talking about is really defining what the steps look like. And I think that's really important for uh, business owners, entrepreneurs, and people that are entrepreneurs too, the ones that, that want to get into it, right. is they, they look at it and they go, man, I, I just don't know what it's really going to take, or it just seems like it's, I'm going to have to have a million dollars to do this. I'm just going to have right. to do that. And when you really break it down and you sit down with somebody and lay out the strategy behind it and what you actually have to do, I think you're going to find out that the number is not as big as you think and the task is not as difficult as you've made it out in your mind because now you actually see it. Absolutely. It's, it becomes a tangible, visible thing as opposed to just something that's floating out there. And I think that's part of the reason why people want you to write down your goals because right. you see that goal daily, it's in front of you, and it's no longer this grandiose thing that you that you want to try to achieve one day. It becomes something that you look at every day that becomes less and less intimidating. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, that makes me think of that saying that's been around forever and it's kind of cliche, but how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? One bite at a time. That, I mean, that's exactly what strategy is, and I think you're right. Because some people see that vision, the I want to be, you know, I want my business to be a million-dollar business, and that looks really, really hard. Uh -huh. And when you say, okay, let's put these steps in place. This is the first thing that you do. This is the second thing that you do. This is the third thing that you do. And you put you put numbers to that and sometimes and it depends on your situation and whether or not you're you know this is kind of starting as a side hustle or you jump in you know full time it, it's going to cost you either money or time right basically so you can put numbers to it or you can say so it's like building your website i the so the launchpad labs website meg and i have built all on our own because uh -huh. as a startup we didn't have the money to pay for that but if it was more of a side hustle and we were working jobs while we were doing it, maybe we would have had the time mm -hmm. or had the money to pay for it to be done. So it kind of depends on your situation. And that's another thing that, you know, strategy is very, very different for every company and for every person. It's, it can be hard sometimes to talk about it in a way that everybody's like, oh, yeah, I can go do that. Mm -hmm. Because it's very dependent on who you are and the resources that you have and ultimately where you want to go. But I think... Anybody can say, this is where I want to be. Let me put, let me write down what, at least what I think are the steps to get there. And mm -hmm. let me put either a dollar amount or a, a number of hours to it. And then I can think through where I want to spend my resources, how long it's going to take, you know, make estimates around the, the revenue and that kind of stuff, like I mentioned earlier. Um, it can be done at, at a high level and give somebody a little bit more, sometimes, I was going to say more confidence. It can give you more confidence. It can also be really scary sometimes <laughs> to say, well, that's a lot of steps to get there. But knowing that you know, your timeline is a part of it too. If you're, if you're doing this on the side, do you want to quit your corporate job or your job in a year? Do you want to quit it in five years? You know, All of those things you have to, again, are kind of personal situations, but play into 
what you spend money on, what you spend your time on, how quickly you can go. And you have to kind of write all that down, I think, to be able to make decisions about it. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, it's just a bunch of stuff floating around in your head that you can't pinpoint. So just sitting down and writing out some steps with and some timelines and, and dollars and all of that can be incredibly helpful. Well, let, let's get a little bit more specific because it sounds like a lot of things that you're describing right now is pretty close to your actual journey to doing what you're doing today. Yeah. So uh, tell the audience a little bit, if you don't mind, yeah. uh, your journey from corporate America into what you're doing today. Is it weird to say it's an interesting story because it's my story? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be the judge of that. Yeah, yeah you guys let me know afterwards. Is it interesting or is it not? Um, so I spent, got a finance degree, um, moved to Tulsa for a job, worked at the same company for nine years mm-hmm. in a number of different roles. The past, the last probably two and a half to three years in that in that company and in that working there, I just, I knew it kind of wasn't really what I wanted to do. I'd always been interested in entrepreneurship. It was a big focus of my MBA when I got that. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know what impact I wanted to make. I didn't know how I wanted to spend my time, you know, like the actual work mm-hmm. I was doing. I just hadn't quite figured it out. And then in the... But this creativity and innovation, it was a big part of my MBA, entrepreneurship. So I was leaning that direction. I was trying to kind of do some stuff on the side online, like putting together some e-courses and stuff that never really went anywhere. Um, Everybody's got the things that never went anywhere. But that was sort of, okay, I think this is kind of where I want to go. I'm trying to figure it out, trying to do it on the side a little bit. And then in the fall of 2015, I got the opportunity to teach a creativity and innovation class at the University of Tulsa, mm-hmm. which is where I got my MBA, so I had connections there. And it was, I took, I also took that opportunity to go part-time at my job because it was a class, you know, during the day and I wanted to be able to, you know, really kind of dive in and do a really good job. And I also kind of knew I wasn't really wanting to stick around the corporate thing, so it kind of worked out. Um, But it was a really eye-opening experience for me to be in front of students, to be teaching these things that I was passionate about, and to see them have the aha moments, to see their eyes light up. We did a design thinking project, and so they got to pick different problems on campus that they wanted to solve. And it was just the way I felt when I would get out of class was... Like, it's going to sound cheesy, but was alive. Like, I felt amazing. (laughs) I loved it. I wanted to go back and do it again, you know, even when the students, like, wouldn't pay attention. And I'm like, get out of here, you know. And the way I felt when I left my corporate job was tired and exhausted and unhappy. So that was the first kind of, okay, this this working with people, this teaching people, Mm -hmm. this is the direction I need to go. And so... Hold on. Before you you go too far into that, because that's a really important part, Yeah. I think, because... You so eloquently put it, when you were doing something that you were you were good at at your corporate yeah. job, yeah. you were successful, but it didn't bring you life. It didn't fuel you to the point where you're, you probably said, man, I could go another couple more hours just working on this. Right. No, I never said that. Yeah. <laughs> and then kind of turn it over to teaching the class and helping other people and doing this other stuff you enjoyed it to the extent of like your facial expressions changed when you were talking about it. Right. And I think that that's the thing that you should be looking for when you're trying to figure out what you're passionate about. We talk a lot about passion and I know that you thought it sounded cheesy. I didn't think it sounded cheesy (laughs) at all because that's something that, you know, if I can do anything with this podcast for our audience is highlight those moments when people realize that they found what they were created to do. 
And when you find that, that's probably the most important moment in your life. Right. You have a choice that you can right. continue to do what you're good at, but don't enjoy, but probably could do the rest of your life and just, you know, go to work and wait for the weekend and try to just fill your mind with other stuff. Or you can take that jump, right? the scary jump and pursue the thing that, that gives you life. So I, I really wanted to just kind of interrupt that for a second. I hate yeah. interrupting people, but no, that's fine. And I think it's also worth noting that for some people that comes very naturally, they're sort of born knowing, but I think that's a pretty small, I think a lot of people think passion. They think I should just know what I'm passionate about. Yeah. And I think a very small percentage of the population is actually born knowing. I mm -hmm. think it takes a lot of introspection, learning about yourself. I think it takes a lot of trying things. Mm -hmm. It can be one thing to sit around and contemplate, what do I like? What do I care about? What am I interested in? Just go do stuff. If you have an like a slogan. <laughs> if you have an inkling of I'm interested in teaching, I'm interested in coding, I'm interested in consulting, I'm interested in being a writer and being a musician, mm -hmm. just go play around with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we we live in a world today where you can kind of try any you can certainly learn anything on the internet, whether yeah. that's watching YouTube videos or, you know, online courses or whatever it is, try it out. Most times you can't actually know whether or not you're going to enjoy it or be really good at it until you try it out. Mm -hmm. So that's another takeaway that I would give to people is just try. Yeah. Just, and if you don't like it, quit two weeks later. Like be like, don't be a quitter. Like when you're in this process of like experimenting and trying to figure out your passion, go take a course or go do a thing or mm -hmm. go join a club or an organization. And if you don't like it, quit and go try something else. You're trying to figure out what your passion is. Mm -hmm. Like don't waste your time on something that you don't enjoy because you signed up for a club or something. Anyway, hey, back into it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> anyway, so I, so that was kind of the the impetus to, for me to sort of start creating Prodigy and Company and what it was going to be and what I really wanted to do. But I was still working part time at my corporate job, trying to trying to figure that all out. Mm -hmm. um, and because I worked at an energy company in Tulsa in 2015, I got in 2016, I got laid off. Yeah. And I at first it was really really scary. I did not see it coming at all, and that's another story, because um, they were announced layoffs, but I just didn't think I was gonna be one of them. But it was, within a couple of hours, it was this relief. It was this, thank you, universe, for kicking my butt out the door, because I was scared, I was trying to figure out, you know, I was trying to make enough money to cover this and do that, and I got a severance package, and so it was like, here's a few months to go do this thing yeah. that you really need to be doing. And I know it was, not for a lot of people it was a bad experience there were a lot of layoffs it was mm -hmm. it was not good for everybody but for me it ended up being really really great and so i've been doing prodigy and company full-time along with launchpad labs sometimes full-time sometimes half-time depending <laughs> on how you fit that in um basically ever since then so that was april of 2016 so it's been about a year and a half uh -huh. um so yeah it was it was definitely a journey and even that 18 months has been tons of ups and downs, tons of sort of, let me, again, still, let me try this. Let me work with a client like this. Let me do this service. Now there comes a point where you're trying to pay your bills also. So you take on work that maybe doesn't light you up in the best way, right. but you're trying to, you're still trying to figure it all out. So even though I knew like at my core, what I wanted to do, which is, you know, help those experts and those specialists grow their businesses to be whatever it was that they wanted. There are different ways that I can do that, right? Mm -hmm. So there was still, and I knew that the strategy and the planning was my area of expertise, but 
there's still sort of some bobbing and weaving to do there in, in terms of figuring out exactly what I'm going to offer, what my company's going to offer, and yeah. what that's going to look like. And I mentioned I'm in the process of redoing my website, and part of that is I'm not offering the same services. That I don't have the exact same focus that I did 18 months ago when I launched. Mm-hmm. And so that's it's a continuous evolution, even in a you know in a business that like I have a general direction, but it's still a continuous evolution. So uh, want to circle back just a little bit. Uh, so you you're working for the energy company. You get kind of thrust out there. And you're like, okay, it's it's go time now. Prodigy and Company is officially my full time gig. Yeah. Kind of talk through that a little bit because I know that it, there's an excitement there, but there's right. also a lot of nerves there too. So, like, how did you? What was going through your mind as you were kind of going through all that part, and and what would you use to kind of drive yourself, uh, and really kind of just bootstrap your way through the, the next part of that? Yeah, it's there was obviously excitement there, but at the same time a lot of fear and anxiety a lot of what's the term is used a lot imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. which is am i really the person to be doing this who am i i don't have expertise i've never actually really consulted for a company before i've written a ton of business plans in school and some and some mentor work that i did with the university of tulsa but writing a business plan is incredibly different than actually starting a business obviously. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of times that even as a strategist, it was hard to know exactly what to do and where to go next. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's the joke about like the cobbler's kids not having any shoes. Like yeah. it's hard for, it's hard for me sometimes to do some of my own planning because you're so in the middle of it and you yeah. so, which is why people need consultants, right? To come in and give them fresh perspective. But anyway, so yeah, it was really scary. And there were, there were times that it was, like I just almost didn't want to get out of bed because it was hard and I didn't know what I was doing and I wasn't making any money yet and I've got X amount in savings that's going to last me X number of months and then I have to think about going back and working for someone else and I know I was miserable when I did that. Yeah. Like that's, to me, the time and, and probably still a little bit in my head, like that was failure to me. Mm-hmm. If this doesn't work and I have to go work for somebody else, I've failed through a lot of work and processing and talking to people and being surrounded by other people doing that, it's not really. Yeah. It's this business idea. If, if that happens for me, this business idea didn't work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that I'm still not here on this earth to help companies do what, you know, reach their dreams and all of that stuff that I think is at the core of why I was put on this earth. But maybe this isn't the exact way to do it. And so I think that getting past that, what if I fail? What if I fail? What are people going to say? You had family and friends who tried to be supportive, but it's like, when are you going to go get a job? Or are you looking for anything? Or, hey, I heard about this great opportunity. And I'm like, thank you. I really appreciate that you care and yeah. that you're concerned about me. But I have to do this. Yeah. I have to do this. I don't ever want to look back and say man, I really wish I tried to build my own thing. Yeah. So to me, like I said, yeah, sure, there's still a little bit of like, oh, that would be failure. But it's trying to reframe that and say it's not failure. It's an experiment. It's a process. It's yeah. learning. You know, and I'm not I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm not like, this is going to support me for the rest of my life yet. It's a, it's a long, I think that's the other thing that people need to talk about more often mm-hmm. in business is, it takes a long time and it can be really hard. And if you have to go get a part-time job or you have to do these other things to help pay your bills and support yourself and your family, because we all have to do that, that's okay. And I think that's not talked about enough 
that it's hard, it's a struggle. Financial stress, I think, is one of the absolute worst kinds of stress in any, for anybody. Um, And it's a huge part of trying to start your own business until you get a steady flow of clients and you're, um, you know, who knows how long it'll be before I'm making what I was making in my corporate job because it paid really well. Yeah. You know, so there's all of that that I think I've dealt with and I'm still dealing with and I process you know, maybe not on a daily basis now, whereas before, you know, the first few months I'd wake up every day and I'd be like, I got to make money today. I got to make money today because I got to be able to pay my bills. My savings will run out. You know, there's just this sort of cycle in my head turning and turning and turning. And I've gotten better about that. But sure, there are still some times when I have to pay a bill that I'm like, how many more months can I do this? You know, or if I get X number of clients this month, that extends my runway X amount. Like, and especially as a finance person with the the numbers and (laughs) all of that, it's worse for me probably, (laughs) probably than it is for other people. Um, yeah, so it, it's, and to, I think a big part of that, I think that's gotten better as I've gotten more mm-hmm. support and more people who are willing to have those conversations and say, yes, I'm struggling with that as well. Yes, I'm also worried about how I'm going to pay my bills. Because I think also finances are one of the things people don't want to talk about a lot. It's not, you know, it's something you do publicly. Yeah. And I'm not going to like, you know, publish my profit and loss statement or anything like that, but just being able to have a real conversation with somebody that, that like, I'm, you know, I'm still struggling. It's not making as much money as I want it to right now. I know it'll get there eventually, but this is what I'm going through and having those conversations that makes it better. That makes it easier for me to know that other people are going through the same thing, to know that other people are, you know, maybe are getting part-time jobs or doing this or doing that. Like, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Well, I love that you brought up the imposter syndrome because that's kind of where I was trying to go with that is I think that a lot of people will hypothetically talk about it, but I don't think as many people realize that it's something that you deal with on a daily basis and sometimes second by second basis, especially as a finance major. Good Lord. (laughs) You're sitting there looking at your account going, I know way too much. Right. This is is telling me way too much. If you don't know much about finances, you look at it and be like, hey, things are great. And then you realize you have all these bills due. But no, I I think that's so important. I think that kind of circles perfectly back into a community like this at 36 Degrees North. absolutely. Where you have a bunch of people as a community who can support each other. You talked a little bit about mentorship. Mentorship is very important. Having that 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 strategic coach that comes in and helps you not necessarily with your business you need that too you need that consultant side but you also need that for your personal side because in your mind there's so many things that happen so many thoughts that go through there if you don't have a way to take control of those and kind of keep yourself grounded it can get out of control quickly and next thing you know those bed sheets weigh five thousand pounds and you just don't want to get out of bed because it's it you're just thinking about all the stuff that you have to do that you just don't want to do right well, I appreciate you, you being open about your story on that stuff. These are, these are the things that I love to share with the audience because I really think it helps them defeat their own imposter syndrome. And, yeah. and if we can do that, I think that you're going to see more businesses launch, more people be successful, more people get outside of that comfort zone and find ways to try those things that they've been intrigued about that will ultimately lead them to what they're passionate about. So with that, I, I want to kind of give you the last word. I want to kind of give you that opportunity to kind of speak to that uh, I'd say 10-year younger version of yourself, but maybe yeah. just a three-year younger <laughs> version of yourself because it's a little bit more recent for you. But yeah. uh, in this time that you've that you've kind of grown and, and, and launched out into your own thing, what are some of the things that you learned that you would like to share with yourself back then? Oh, man. Um, it's going to be really hard. Yeah. And, that, and you're going to struggle, and that's okay. Yeah. You're not the only one who's struggling. I think that's 
that's so huge because it can because people don't often talk about the struggles you can look around you and it's both better and worse honestly in a place like 36 degrees north where you can look around you and if you don't talk to people you see what you think are really successful people building really successful companies and everybody's having a great time and you know it's all amazing and perfect and yes like we're taking over the entrepreneurial world or at least the Tulsa entrepreneurial (laughs) world right it can be it can be easy to look around or to read articles about people who've built really big companies have been very successful and think oh I'm not there I can never do that I don't have that skill set or I you know I tried this thing and it didn't work and you know I did or I did this and that and it's not working and it can be really easy to sort of get down on about yourself and get depressed and kind of go into this shell of I'm not good enough, I'm not doing well enough, who am I to be building this business, the imposter syndrome thing. And so I think talking about it is so important. Recognizing that it's everybody's dealing with it on some level, but I can tell you that and you won't really realize it unless you talk to somebody else who's going through it. So it's one thing to hear somebody say, oh, everybody's going through that, everybody struggles. Find people, whether you're in a space like 36 Degrees North, there are online communities and forums that do similar things. Find people that you can talk to about it. They're in a similar place as you. And I would say the same thing for people who are in careers as well, working for companies. This was something that I did. Um, It was like a career support group with, there were five or six other ladies, same kind of um, place in our career when, you know, working together, talked about how, what do we do if we want to get a promotion, if we want to take on the next project and just supported each other. This is what I'm struggling with. This is, I have to have this really hard conversation with my boss. Mm -hmm. You can do it in in any area of, of life, you know, personal or professional, whatever that is. Find people that you can talk to about it and you can share your stories and you can say, hey, I'm struggling. Are you struggling? What are you struggling with? So number one, you're talking about it. You know that you're not the only one. And then you can help each other out. Because when I say to you, I'm struggling with this thing, you might go, oh, I know so-and-so. They can give you some advice or they can. So there's a lot that comes out of that. And I think a place like 36, like I said, can can be very helpful if you actually go out and talk to people and are willing to ask some, some tough questions. So I think I would just tell myself, other people are going through it too. Go talk to them about it. Go. Don't be afraid to to take someone to coffee and say, "Hey, I was, you know, I was having a hard time with this. Can you give me some advice? Can you tell me about something hard that you went through?" Yeah. Well, Jessica, I appreciate you taking the time to share your story with us. To yeah, to absolutely. Share this space with us too. We're excited to explore it a little bit more, uh, and ultimately just kind of give a little bit of a view into the world of entrepreneurship for our audience. So uh, with that, we'll catch you guys on the next podcast. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.